Welcome to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. In this program, we take a fresh look at some of today's challenges from the economy, education, politics, security, defense, and much more. You'll be prompted to see and think about things just a bit differently. Now, here are your hosts, Ambassador Harry Thomas and Chief Alex Morales. Welcome to the Spotlight. We are your hosts, Ambassador Harry K. Thomas, Jr. And I'm the Chief Alex Morales. Uh, Harry, who do we have today? Well, we have the beautiful, talented educator, Melody Mendoza Oslander, who's kindly agreed to join us. Thank you for taking the time, Melody. Well, thank you, gentlemen. And it is absolutely a pleasure and an honor to join you guys. And I really appreciate it. Well, the pleasure is all ours. Harry, lead us up. <laughs> Melody, you are an alumnus of the University of the Philippines, Dillman. Why is it considered the best university in the Philippines? And why are the students there socially conscious? Great question, Harry. Wonderful question. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that we pride ourselves with you know, just being an alumni of the University of the Philippines, is we've always really upheld academic excellence throughout the years. And we've encouraged free thinking, freedom of speech. And it actually is a fact that UP has been regarded as one of the top universities in the Philippines. And um, I'm sorry, the top universities in the Philippines. <laughs> Let me stress that out. And one of the top universities in Asia. We've also produced like, you know, great leaders who pioneered historical movements, fighting for democracy and human rights. And it is a fact that seven out of 16 presidents and 14 out of 26 Supreme Court Chief Justice graduated from the Philippines. Um, you know, I also want to mention that our university was founded by, you know, um, American colonial government back in 1908. So therefore, a lot of our philosophy believes an educational system was established from really the pinnacle of the U.S. educational system. So to answer your question, why students from UP are always socially conscious, um, it really, our university really promoted social transformation. Thus the word makibaka, which means to fight or join the movement, came you know, came about. One of the stories that I really enjoy listening to when my mom shares her college experience during the 70s, and mind you, we all actually, we're all alumni of the university from my mom and my sister. Um, my mom back then was a strong female leader. She was the lady chancellor of Phi Delta Alpha and a really activist. So she said during the martial law, there was military takeover, freedom of speech was silenced, overall human rights were violated. She takes so much pride telling us how she was part of this historical event. She became a street parliamentarian fighting for democracy. And there are also so many alumni who led this fight. Um, former Senator Angara, UP President Salvador, um, Salvador Lopez, and late Senator Benigno Aquino, whose actually death sparked the historical EDSA revolution, which led the way to the impeachment of Ferdinand Marcos. So... Oh, wow. Well, Melody, who were your role models? This is a really good question, Alex, and I never get tired of sharing who really impacted my life. 
I have so many different people who inspired, taught, and helped me in the different stages of my life. Um, both my parents are my role models. My mother was a retired soap opera actress, and my father was a successful architect in the Philippines. Like any typical Asian family, I was raised with very strict guidelines. I studied hard. I followed my parents without question. And, you know, we were always asked to do our best. And I went through life thinking that this was the formula for success. My mother is actually my, one of the strongest role models in my life. She was strong, very independent. Um, when we were young, she would always remind us to never procrastinate. Um, she would always say, do what you can today and don't wait for tomorrow. My father taught me the importance of palabra de honor, which means word of honor. He also demonstrated unconditional love. So my parents um, really guided me and their wisdom became my foundation. They were my rock, especially during the biggest storms in my life. And another person, yeah. Go ahead. And another person that really... Um, touched me and helped me with my transformation in my teenage year was a, a, a special school principal. Um, so when I became a school principal every year, we were always asked to share our story. And I would always open it with a quote, a very powerful quote. It says, it takes a special person to light that fire, to raise our children's expectation for themselves and never give up on them no matter how challenging it may be, all of us are here because at some point somebody did that for us. So I will never forget my school principal, Mrs. Lajera. Um, I probably won't be in this path if it weren't for her. So you see, growing up, I was a difficult teenager. <laughs> I got myself in a lot of trouble. And then one day Mrs. Lajera called me in her office and she said, here's your choice. I can either expel you or give you a second chance. <laughs> um, and whenever I tell that story, everyone's like shocked. Like, really? You? You're a school principal, right? <laughs> but, you know, what she did for me really changed my life. And I would not be here today if it wasn't for really the few people who saw my strength and gave me the inspiration to succeed in life. Awesome. Well, before I ask you my next question, I've learned something. Your mother was an actress. So yes. you clearly have inherited some skills, Melody. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. But did you always want to teach? You know, Harry, you would be surprised. Not at all. Oh. No. So I come from a family of educators. And, you know, you've spent a lot of time in the Philippines. Yes. Um, we follow what we what our parents tell us, right? But then, you know, it's, you know, my great-grandfather was a, a principal. My mom's a professor, too, and so is my grandmother. So I really wanted to be a businesswoman. I wanted to get into marketing and advertising. But I did what my family wanted me to do. So I, en <laughs> so I enrolled at the College of Education in UP, and I majored in special education and autism. Because back then, um, it was becoming a very in-demand, um, uh, what do you call that, um, branch of education. And I remember walking the hallways of uh, the College of Education. There were only 50 of us who's taking special education as a major. 
And then after that, you know, I really got inspired through, you know, my experience in teaching and becoming a school principal. So I did pursue a master's degree in behavior analysis here in the U.S. Oh, wow. This is amazing. So you kind of spoke a little bit about, you know, you follow your family's footstep in the education arena. But what make you say as an already adult becoming a principal? Is it because the person uh, that touched you, you want to? make uh, kids' life different or touch or makes touch somebody else or pay it forward, perhaps? It's true, but I think what happened in my life, I had a really major turning point when I was here in the U.S. I, just like what I said, I want, always wanted to do business. Um, I actually moved here in 1999. I got married, moved here. My ex-husband and I became successful business owners in Southern California. I did own a clothing and trading company back then. But what happened was it, it, it was just different. I guess we invested so much time building the business that I just lost that connection with my love for service and, and teaching. And, and I missed that. So... That actually led, um, it, it actually became a very monumental phase in my life and it led me back to education. Um, so in 2004, I took a different, when I got pregnant with my son, Gabriel, I took a different role. So I left the business, the trading, the clothing, and I took on a different path in my life in a different uh, title. Instead of becoming an owner, I decided to be a mother and teacher in 2004. Awesome. Go ahead, Harry. Well, let, please enlighten us. What are, what are the duties of a principal? <laughs> I, I was taken to the... I, I, I used to get uh, the ruler smacked on me. Uh, <laughs> my mother was a teacher, so that was tough. But, right. So, but she wasn't a principal like you. So what are the duties of a principal? Wow, that is a big question. And I love answering that. And then after I answer that question, everyone's like, oh, wow. So I think the question is, what do we not do yeah. as school principals, right? So we are the CEO of our small corporation, the president of our humble nation, mm -hmm. the mother of a huge family, the doctor for all those who were hurt, the mother Teresa of people who are in need, the Gandhi to the teachers and community. We serve, we inspire, we motivate, we love, we break barriers, we bridge educational cultural gaps, we fight for equity, we dream and hope for a better life, we shape the future, mold future leaders. And the best part is Alex and Harry, we make sure that dinner is served for our own family. You know, I never heard it put it that way. <laughs> seriously. No, no, I'm seriously. That was a very unique way to place it, but very on point. I think you guys are on the pay, by the way. <laughs> seriously. That was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Because it was yeah. very. Well, you were an educator in California and in Florida. What are the different school systems and the student's outcome? If you know, this is actually a great topic on its own. It's, it's uh, when I, 
you know, when I started thinking about this question, and I really tried to streamline what I wanted to share. So I, I came up with three important things that are very close to my heart, too. So number one, I think student-teacher ratio has always been a big concern. Um, the student ratio is actually 35% higher in California. So you have classrooms with 30 to sometimes 35 students. But here, the cap in Florida is 22, 23%. You know, the student ratio definitely has a huge impact also with regards to, you know, the delivery and education. Um, second, organizational organizationally the structure I don't know if you guys are aware but eight of the school districts in Florida are in the top 10 largest school districts in the nation very okay. big. It's huge so this imposes a huge challenge with funding curriculum instruction and serving families and communities and then third you know as for student outcomes you know, everybody talks about equitable education. It's always a discussion on equity versus equality. So equality in a nutshell um, is really the state of being equal. It means everybody has the same rights, opportunities and resources. Um, equality is beneficial, but it doesn't often address the needs of our students. For example, um, they're always giving free laptops, you know, to students and say so they can have access education and all of that. But that does not really address, you know, the need. But they for don't the have students. internet in their house. Correct. <laughs> oh, you got it, Alex. Absolutely. Or broadband in, in, in their area. You know, Correct. Correct. And, you know, just this COVID thing is is one of the most eye-opening situations in the whole educational system. We've got kids driving to McDonald's for Wendy's accessing their internet. They have the laptop, you know what I mean? But they don't have those the internet. And then equity, on the other hand, provides people with resources um, that fits their circumstances. And, you know, this is good. And actually those schools who prioritize equity versus equality are really more in tune to the needs of their students. So I think in this aspect, California, when I was there, um, they were extremely aggressive in leading reforms focused on good intentions rather than specific accountability. So this means making sure that we're truly addressing the needs of our students. So. It's just now that Florida is really beginning to practice teaching depth and complexity versus really covering so much curriculum. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, 
self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. If you have a question or a comment about the program, drop us a line via email to support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Again, that's support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Now back to the Spotlight. Welcome back to the Spotlight. Uh, we're back with Melody Mendoza Auslander. Harry, please. Melody, you left education for the business world. You say that it's never too late or too early to pursue your dreams. But what caused you to enter the super competitive fashion industry? Oh, yes. You know, it's always a question from education to fashion. (laughs) Um, It was very interesting because I did get invited um, at the Women's Month at the Chamber here. And USF actually held a symposium on odd odd jobs and they asked me to speak about that pivot that I did well actually it's um what really triggered it was just moving here in Florida and being able to really slow down a little bit from the fast life in California and kind of really rethink about you know what do I really want to do So when we moved here, I would say almost three years ago, I did work again as a school principal in Clearwater. And the transition from the school system in California to Florida was was a struggle and a challenge uh, because, again, we were trained very differently in, in California when it comes to Organi- I mean, instruction and all of that. And that was still, it wasn't the same. Um, I wasn't, it wasn't aligned. The, the Florida school system wasn't completely aligned with my belief and philosophy about education. So even though it was for me easier to do something that I was familiar with and comfortable with, I realized that it's not always the most rewarding So one day I read a book written by Dr. Henry Cloud and he wrote something in that book that really changed my life. And he stated in that book, getting to the next level always requires ending something, leaving it behind and moving on. Growth itself demands that we move on. 
and without the ability to end things, people stay stuck, never becoming who they are meant to be, never accomplishing their talents and abilities should afford them. And after reading that book, that really sparked the birth of Labitri. That is awesome. I mean, I admire because uh, I kind of did the same thing in 2016. I retired from the military, went to the private sector. Right. And did a little bit. And all of a sudden I say, I want to be my own boss. And I want to f- look at, my fail- at myself in the mirror and say, if, if I fail, it's because of your fault, not yeah. anybody else. And I took that as a challenge. And we're doing okay. And it's rewarding. I tell you that. It's hard work, but it's rewarding. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's such a big thing because realizing your situation now and making that leap of faith and having that courage to do it, it's very nerve wracking. <laughs> and naysayer and all the notes that you get, right? Yeah. And all the, I always told Harry that, uh, you know, no is an answer, but what if I get a yes, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I always tell those college kids that who come in, you know, have conversations with me. I said, the only person who best know you is you. So especially when you're making these big decisions in your life, trust your gut, trust who you are. It doesn't matter whether your degree is here, but if you have the determination, go for it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, you talk a little bit about the name La Betri, but mm-hmm. what is your new venture and why did you select the name La Betri or La Betri? Uh, yes, it is La Betri. Oh, um, it's French. <laughs> it, <laughs> I love it. I wanted it to sound French. Really, yeah. that's why I added okay. La in the beginning of the word Betri. Okay. This is actually a really good story. Um, I, I struggled for, for a very long time finding the perfect name that would fit what I really want as a person. Because when I, when I kind of paused or ended the chapter in my life as an educator, I wanted to open a new journey and, and a better journey in my life. So I started looking at different names and all of that stuff. I was trying to get it trademarked and I was just hitting the wall. I wasn't just, I wasn't being successful. I was not successful in finding a good name. And then finally I reached out to this person and I said, I really need to find a good name for my company. And this is what I wanted to represent. I wanted to represent making things better. I wanted to represent journey because it's me. It's I'm kind of reflecting my own journey. And this person came up with the name Betri, B-E-T-R-I. And I said, well, that's very interesting. I've never heard of that name. Is it French? Is it, you know, Spanish? Is it this and that? And he said, no, Mel, it's actually a Swahili word for better. And I said, that is so beautiful. And, you know, right now, I just fell in love with that Bitri word. And then, of course, I added the word la because I wanted to sound Frenchy, so that's how, <laughs> right? Like La Perla or something like that. So that's how I came, you know, that's how the word La Petrie, um, you know, that's how it came about. That's the birth of it. Wow, it's interesting because uh, knowing this Swahili, I love African culture. I surf 
most yeah. of our time in Africa and in Latin America. So great, Eric. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Well, La Betri, what is yes. La going to make and what are you designing? Oh, goodness. I love that question. So, Lumpy Tree was really created because of my own personal clothing crisis, Harry and Alex. So, doesn't every woman have a clothing crisis? That's what I was going to say. You took my. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, right? Yes, that's the pivot. You know, I've always, I love Sarah Blakely. I think she's an amazing woman. You know, she's local, you know, Florida. She created Spanx because she wanted to wear an undergarment that would not show marks when she's wearing her white pants. Well, I created La Betrie because I got tired of clothing and leggings that don't really provide any functional compartment or options for women. Or, or men, maybe, you know, in the future. So I'm sure that your spouses, daughters, or your, you know, friends that are female have experienced getting frustrated when you, when they want to walk the dog or go to the grocery store and they don't really want to carry their huge purse or cross body bag, but they have no choice because their clothing doesn't have any functional pockets for cell phone, keys, masks, credit cards, everything. So... When I did that, I was coming from a yoga class and I wanted to go to the store and I ended up stuffing everything in different areas of my body because I didn't want to carry my huge bag. So I'm always on the go and I need clothing that is comfortable, multifunctional, and I don't like clothing that is pressing on my body all the time. So I invented a unique design, patent pending. Oh, good. <laughs> yes wear a legging or yoga pants, or actually I'm trying to design now just any bottom will have a built-in fanny pack. Okay. You're like, Alex is probably like, whoa, hold on a second. I can't really imagine it. No, so- no, no, I can't. It's my <laughs> daughter. No, and i tell you why. My daughter, for example, I got Melody, which all they wear is leggings and all this type, and Mel, my little one, Milady, Mm-hmm. It's in a UCF right now. And they put all their credit cards or the ID in the back of the cell phone and right. the cell phone in their hand. And that's it. And they don't have anything. So if they have something like that, I'm probably sure they might use it. <laughs> I know. I, it's I, a great I, idea. Yeah. It's, it, again, it's a clothing crisis, right? Well, this fanny pack is designed to seamlessly look a part of your waist. Uh, I mean, your waistband when you don't want to use it. So it's hidden, it's tucked, you can't see it. But when you need it, you can pull it out and then a hidden fanny pack from the seams of your waist and it will come out. So you can pull out the fanny pack from your waistband and a beautifully designed external fanny pack will come out to provide more storage or essentials. So, and then once you're done, you fold it back into its original position and then you have your seamless waistband again. So imagine, right? Options. No, that that's amazing. What what challenge uh, did you uh, does your startup face? Oh my goodness. Ask me how many times I fell flat on my face trying to start this business. Ah, way too many times. <laughs> But you know what? Every time I fall, I collect myself gracefully and I said, I'm wiser. (laughs) 
Correct. So. <laughs> Correct. Hey, there are lesson learned. They're not failure. That's what I said. They're lesson learned. Right. And you know what? The reality is in life, there really isn't no shortcut. And the regrets that you'll have in life are the risks you didn't take. So, you know, starting up this business, it's it, it was a challenge because I started it in um, January of uh, 2020, actually. Awesome. So, That's very recent. Yeah. Yes. I retired from education uh, in November 2019. And... You know, I started a company in January and all of a sudden COVID hits. Oh, wow. Yes. And that just completely threw me off my timetable. And you know me, I'm a, I'm a school principal. So, you know, I have everything laid out. I have a grand Please don't tell plan. me you have a, like, a, like a checklist where you follow like my wife. And- I do. <laughs> color coded timeline and all that stuff well guess what this covid thing completely changed me also because it taught me how to be patient it taught me so many things so i grew as a person just with the startup you know with the startup face in my business and i think what really helped me is that even if there were challenges in setting up the business. I think during this COVID time, it still allowed me to stay focused on my There were so many people telling me, Mel, you know, just launch it because I was really having a hard time creating my, doing the R&D for this design that I wanted. All of my manufacturing, I wanted to support U.S. manufacturing, so I chose a factory based in Los Angeles. But when COVID hits, it closed down. Everything closed out. Everything shut down. And a lot of people were forcing me to pivot to a different, you know, um, kind of clothing. But I said, I can't, I can't just launch a yoga pant or a sports bra or something without my signature pouch. That is not Labitri. So I went through those struggles of just like so many people trying to get into your business and stuff, but I had to stand firm and really stay on track. So, um, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, also just resources and all of that. It was, it was definitely a challenge. But for me, the, the biggest challenge was really trying to support our U.S. manufacturing economy and at the same time trying to get my business going. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. 
The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. If you have a question or a comment about the program, drop us a line via email to support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Again, that's support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Now back to the spotlight. And we're back with Melody Mendoza Auslander. And Melody, I, I want to go back to something because uh, my biggest challenge is for me and when I was building my, my business and still building because mm-hmm. we, only, we only started uh, 2017 and now it's what I think is we're doing, we're going the right way, is that I want to have the ability not to depend on the banks. Because the mm-hmm. banks, when you need it, their help, they're never there. And when yeah. you are, when you don't need it, they want to give you money. And I'm trying to, <laughs> what is your experience? I mean, I'm. Yeah, absolutely. So I will tell you my experience when it comes to funding and financing this business. It really is number one. I I met this wonderful woman and she owns this company called Be Swanky, which is like a a high-end luxury purse. And she's based here in Florida. And I love talking to people who can can mentor me because I, you know, you, you need to be humble when you're starting something. Even if you think you're an expert in something, the more you think you're an expert, it actually, the truth is, there's so much, so many things that need to be learned. Yeah. So I always reach out to people. And one of the things that she said, she goes, "You, you need to be very disciplined with your finances. If you have a budget, stick to your budget and, and shut your wallet when you're just starting. Meaning everything that you do, you really treat it as it's, it is definitely your own money, right? Yes. But not until the point that you're actually selling, you need to be extremely conservative. With the financing, we have, you know, my, my husband is also very much involved with this business. We have earmarked a certain portion of it. And, and to tell the truth, Alex... I said, this is what I have to spend. And if I don't use this wisely, that's it. That's it for me. So when you have that kind of mentality, 
that there is no other pocket to draw from, you're going to treat finances differently when you're starting a business. And it was the same thing. When I was starting this, I talked to a lot of um, banks and um, small business loans and all of that stuff. It was very enticing what they have to offer. But it's also almost like you're already preparing to sell your soul, <laughs> right? When you ask a loan from them. Um, so again, that was actually a challenge. So again, I was kind of like a little bit more, um, I would say conservative when it comes to all of that. So I hope I answered your question. You know, I really had to- Absolutely, absolutely. No, 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 absolutely. Right. I just like to hear because again, I think uh, a lot of business cannot grow because of lack of capital. And sometimes even the ability to fulfill uh, a project no the capital to fulfill it, you know, and sometimes, for example, if you get an order of a million uh, uh, a million pants, and all of a sudden you can't finance that order to fulfill yeah. that requirement, you know and and, and that's what I, that's what I wanted to hear, but that's okay. Go ahead, Harry. Yeah, but you also have to Alex, you know, as an entrepreneur too, I have no shame in asking. For example, oh, yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah, I, let's, I say, I need a website done. I can do 40% and I'll give you all products. <laughs> That's <laughs> you fair. Know, there you go. People, people actually, if you don't ask, you won't know. You know, I need legal advice. And I say, hey, you know, can I just give you four pants? <laughs> you know, things <laughs> like that. And there like, you oh, go. You know, and... Yeah, that's what I learned in this business. No is an answer. You see, Harry? No is an answer. Right. Go ahead, Harry. Well, you've been mentored. Um, so what advice are you giving those seeking to enter the business world? Mm, okay. I would say that it's not always easy to switch gears or leave a situation that you're familiar with or comfortable with. Uh, but ask yourself, this is the first thing that I always say in a situation, am I growing personally or professionally? Um, and again, you alone can answer that question. In my situation, I really couldn't stay in a profession that was not supporting my growth. So I made a decision to pivot. So I trusted my gut and believed that I can do it. Every morning, I spend time and say, I got this. I got this as a person. Um, and I just find people with pure intentions and allow them to teach me and, you know, just really humility and learn from, from your mistakes. That, that is a wonderful point. answer. Thank you. Thank you. You say I got there. I used to I used to look at YouTube inspirational video when I was starting. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm serious. It was incredible. You know? Right. I always say, claim it in the morning. Claim that your day is going to be great. Claim that you're going to have a very productive day. You just claim it. That so. is amazing. You, do you belong to any local association in St. Petersburg? And if so, how can they benefit new entrepreneurs? Absolutely. You know, I am a member of the Chamber of Commerce, and there's a branch called the Greenhouse here in St. Pete. I... You know, I'm very, I'm, a, I'm an active participant in the chamber. I attend functions. 
um, in the greenhouse, I reach out to so many people there also, especially for mentorship and learning, you know, my business. And when I started, I had to write a business plan. So they actually provided two mentors who helped me write my business plan, you know, my financial plan. And I met them two or three times. And then after that, it was so exciting. It's like writing a dissertation again in college, right? So, and they said, okay, this is your homework. And when we meet, I want to see your business plan. Alex, I was so inspired with the amount of people who wants to help me. And I wrote a 36-page business plan. Oh, wow. (laughs) With all the financials and all these other stuff. Um, So I think for new entrepreneurs, I'm going to go back to just not being afraid to just reach out to all the local resources you have there. And I think one of the things that I truly appreciate here in St. Pete or in the Tampa Bay area is that people here are willing to help. They will take the time because they want to support businesses. And I don't know if you guys know that 60 or 70% of the local businesses here in St. Pete are women-owned. That's amazing. And that's really a big number. Um, I also participate in a women's network. I'm a member of the Women's Business Association in Tampa Bay and uh, working women of Tampa Bay. So I am very, very active for, you know, especially not just for networking, but really just because I want to learn from all these amazing women. You know, the one thing that I discover, Harry, is at least in, in the little time that I've been, women help each other mm-hmm. most of the time. They like to help other sponsor and help business women. Guys, sometimes <laughs> do that. Go ahead, Harry. Hey, Mel. Yeah. Uh, is your clothing line aimed at women who are physically active or also great for daily activities? Meaning, can the Tabal women use it? Oh, <laughs> I love how you just like say those Tagala words, Harry. No, Lubby Tree is, again, I'm going to go back. It's, it's your <laughs> journey. It's your journey. It's not just for women who are active, who does yoga, I don't know, six times a week. You know, it's also for those women who just wants to enjoy life and sit and watch the sunset and all of that stuff. No. Um, the, the legging, everybody wears leggings now. Um, it's actually very interesting when I was doing my research on like athleisure, uh, I mean, athletic leisure. I actually was at the park and I was counting, I was counting how many women actually wear leggings. And then I counted how many women wear leggings, you know, while being active and how many women wear leggings when they're just sitting and reading a book. So So you just did your research. I did. Awesome. So let me, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I, in, I, I was thinking about this because I went to Publix before and every, it seemed like it's a warm day, but it seemed like every woman coming in was wearing leggings. Yeah. And they, they were of all different sizes and, and shapes. Uh, Alex Taba means gordita. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, 
Hey, you know there's no shame in Florida for that one either. <laughs> <laughs> they wear it with no problem. And actually, they, wear, they, they got leggings. Now they look like jeans or, you know. Oh, like yeah. Jeans. Yes. It's actually, I don't know if you remember, but in fashion, when I'm going to talk about women fashion, leggings just dominated the whole fashion industry. It's the athletic leisure wear is a 300, almost close to like, $30 billion dollar industry and yeah. the transformation from denim, fitted denim, to now it's just legging. And Lululemon was very popular in coining it athletic leisure yes, wear. Yes. My so. daughter is like, my, my little one, she bought her and now she's just like, wash it and then put it to like dry and you can't mess up their like $65 or $70 Lulu leggings or whatever. Yes. It's a noise. Absolutely. It's, it's a, when I was growing up in, in New York, the women used to say, this was the miniskirt age, you know? And they said, well, right. if, they, if they make it in my size, I can squeeze into it. So <laughs> right. It right. seems like the, your leggings are for everybody. It is. And I think, I don't know if I've mentioned it earlier, um, Lebitry is all about eco-friendly sustainability and um, we're not, I am not about fast fashion. And I don't know if you've heard of that term, fast fashion. Um, so fast fashion is, you know, disposable clothing, mm -hmm. clothes that you wear twice. And then after that, ah, ditch it, throw it away. You know, HSM, Fashion Forever 21, you know, those are what we call fast fashion. I am all about sustainability, meaning you're buying a good quality, meaning you can wear it forever. And the best part is that I was able to find um, fabric manufacturer and supplier that produces biodegradable fabric. Oh, wow. Yes. So the fashion industry is actually one of the largest, actually the number one um, pollutant in, in the world. I yeah. learned that. I didn't yes. know that. Yes. Yes. So, you know, even if you recycle clothing and you say, oh, we're going to donate it in a third world country. They throw it away, right? It's, yes. And it goes in your ocean, goes to your landfill, and it does not disintegrate. But there are modern technology now, and there's a company in Brazil that I actually um, found, uh, I met, and I'm doing business with them. And what they did was they actually found the technology to put something in the fabric that if you are not using it and it goes in the landfill, after, of course, a couple of you know, years, it will disintegrate in the environment. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's incredible. I know. We do not want to be known as the Tupperware generation when they start digging <laughs> up our, right? Can you imagine 50 years from now, they're going to put Rubbermaid and Tupperware in the museums. We don't want that. <laughs> well, I, I think you're going in the right direction. I appreciate that. Well, we're almost there. Uh, Harry, just take us out. Ask well, the last question. and that's uh, Mel, how do you say, stay so fit despite your active schedule? <laughs> oh, boy. You know... People ask me that. I just, I am very, just really conscious about what I 
do as a person and what I put in my body. Um, I, my family, actually, health-wise, and I started really becoming very conscious about health and fitness when, you know, researching and hearing about my family. My father has diabetes and this and that and all these things, being Filipino, eating rice all the time and all these other stuff. So I just started learning about my family history's health. And after that, I made that decision to just be conscious about eating right staying fit, not just physically, but mentally as well. And just really good practice and discipline. So that's what I do. Thank you so very much, Mel, for being such a great guest. You're inspirational, uh, not only to women, but to men and boys, entrepreneurs. You have done it all from the Philippines to California to Florida, and we are better off for having you in our lives. And I'll let Alex have the last word. Thank well, you. Melody, it was a great pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. And this is, was the spotlight to the ambassador and the chief. Salamat. Salamat. Great opportunity. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning into the spotlight with the ambassador and the chief. Be sure to join Chief Alex Morales and Ambassador Harry Thomas again on the Voice America Variety Channel.